best friend hood. Best friend. 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 You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Best friend hood. So do you want to talk into it for a little bit for me? Okay. Um, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Dang, lady! Well that was done. That sixth grade. That's Jake. And that's Melissa. And that's my mom! Hi! <laughs> Hi, Mom. How are you? I'm fine. I drove a long way to get here. You did? Yes. So Just for you. Oh, well, it was for you. Yeah. Because everybody out there, my mom was so sweet. She came to celebrate her big birthday with me, and it was super sweet. Really exciting. We had lots of fun. Yeah. We got to do an escape room. It was your very first escape room experience. Yes. What did you think? I loved it. You guys were smarter than I was, but you know, no. it was still fun. <laughs> Good. How much time did you guys escape with? We still had seven minutes left. Seven minutes? Yes. Yeah. I think that's the most I've ever heard of. Well. Well, in our circle. We're very smart. Well done. <laughs> we didn't ask for any clues at all. No, we just... <laughs> <laughs> They give you three. I think we took three. (laughs) Yes, that's true. So, yeah, it's been kind of fun. Um, My mom lives about three hours away and so it's it was really sweet when she she reached out and she just said hey uh would you be free these and these days and i went you mean your birthday yes my birthday so uh yes took a few days off and we've been thrift store shopping and we've been eating some decent food just hanging out Mm -hmm. and now and i asked her because jake and i had talked about this you know like hey would you mind if like my mom came and did the podcast And it was really sweet. You're like, I think that would be a great idea. Mm -hmm. And then I just, you know, didn't ask her until yesterday if she would be interested in doing it. Oh, my gosh. Really? (laughs) I'm a procrastinator. That's all right. I said yes. Yes. And we're glad that you did. For sure. So in in the mode of best friendhood, because mom, real question for you. Have you listened to any of our episodes before? Mm -hmm. You have? Yeah. Nice. I have it on my computer at work. Oh, she gets paid to hang out with her daughter, y'all. Well, that's wonderful. So, uh, you know, keeping in mind with, like, friendship and trying to think, because you've had a really interesting life, you know, and I think the two things that I, I proffered were if there were some friendships in your life that you feel like really have changed you or another idea that I had was um, you were a military kid. Mm-hmm. And so you grew up all around the world. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it might be fun to hear from you, like what what that was like, especially trying to make friends when, I mean, how long, if you were stationed somewhere, how long of a stint was that usually? Longest would be two years. And that's the longest. Mm-hmm. So would you mind naming like where all did you live? Sure. Uh, Utah, we live in um, South Dakota, Illinois twice. Uh, we lived in Germany for 15 months, I believe. And then I spent part of my high school years in Japan. Then then dad retired. So, I mean, yeah. So how old were you when you guys started moving around? Do you remember? Dad joined the Air Force when it first became the Air Force. So it was... I didn't even know that was a historical fact. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be... 
part of the Army Air Corps. Oh. And then they branched off and decided they would each concentrate on separate things. Huh. Yep. And so he started then. He joined the Air Force because it was more family-friendly. Interesting. Yeah, than the Navy. Um, so he started out in California, and then we moved to Utah. I think that's the longest we spent there. They bought a house. Hmm. And then, then Dad was doing constant training, so that's when we would do like 15 months there. Illinois in a year and a half, you know, uh, South Dakota. Then we would go across the ocean to Germany. We were supposed to be there for three years, but uh, we got compassionate leave uh, to come back because my grandfather got ill. Mm. And so you came back to the States, mm-hmm. and then from there it was to Japan, right? Yep. Uh, he got restationed. He had a choice. He could either be assigned to three years in Japan with his family, or he could go and spend a year in Vietnam. Oh. Wow. So he, he took the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. Were you ever a part of like the conversations about that element? Like, Were there family conversations about where to go, or was it totally dis- decided by the military? He had he could put in his choices, mm. but he ne- might not necessarily get them. Isn't that thing like you listed your top three? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but if they had a need somewhere else, they would send him somewhere else, and that's how we got. And he was, would have training for these new jobs that he would get. Um, and of course, when he achieved higher rank, he had to train for those too. So when you guys would travel around, mm-hmm. I mean, they did schooling. Almost everything was on base, right? Pretty much, yeah. So you're surrounded by other Army, or excuse me, Air Force families. Mostly, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except when he lived off base and you had to live with, they called it on the economy because that was the local economy that you lived in. You rented a house from, say you were in Germany, you rented a house from a German family. Sure. You moved in. And then they would send a bus for us kids to go to school. They would send a school bus out, and they would pick us all up, and they would take us to school. And then we'd, you know, do the opposite on the way home. But the only way you could get on the bus was if you had your dog tags. The kids had to wear dog tags? Yes. And you had to have them on to get on the bus, or the bus driver was told, you don't let those kids on. Oh, Oh, dang. Yeah. So... I forgot it once. I didn't forget it again. Oh, no, I bet not. No. I'm so curious. Can I ask what happened when you forgot? Did um, you just have to go home for the mm-hmm. day? Yeah. To her mother, who I'm sure was my, not happy. No. Yeah. <laughs> and we only had the one car, so dad took out to work. So since you were going to school and around other kids who, you know, were doing that same thing, well, in my mind, I'm almost wondering, like, did you guys try to make friends or because you all knew that it was only a short matter? a time before you moved away was it kind of you everybody learned, kept their distance you learn you learn the hard way that that's how it's going to be you know when you're little and you make friends and then of course we had to get up and leave you know move after doing that several times you get to figure out that i can't make a whole lot of friends and i can't hold on to them because we're going to be moving So instead of causing yourself to have that heartache, you would just keep your distance. Ugh. Because really, otherwise, all that you could do was maybe a phone call. But even then, international calls costed money. Back then it did, yeah. Or write a letter. Yeah, and I did that too for a little while. You know, and as kids, you get busy doing other stuff, (laughs) making other friends. And so, 
Yeah. Eventually it would drop off. But Did you notice, like, because grandma was a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Did she make friends? Like, do you remember her having other base wives or did she make friends with some of the people, the locals, when you guys would live abroad? Do you remember that? Um yeah, when we lived on the economy, there was a German secretary, because we lived in an office building. Who what? Kind of be- yeah, we did. We lived on the first floor. The five of you all lived in one office building? No, there was three floors, and so the, they rented out the second and the third floors to American families also. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. What was your bedroom like? I had to share a room with Patty, my sister. So, I mean, was it? did it look like an office, or did it look like a bedroom? Um. Um, it could have been an office with a kitchen attached. <laughs> so a break room. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. Yeah, it was. And and when my, we finally got out and to be civilian after being in the military social kind of culture, it was quite a shock. I, I mean, it would have to be. You know, like you said, where you, you learned at a young age to keep your distance from people. And then to go, because how old were you when you returned to civilian life? Dad retired when I was 16. Okay, so you still had a few years left of high school. Mm-hmm. And I made friends, you know, I was in activities, so I was able to make friends that way. What was the experience like to be able to make those friends really for the first time in a long time? Um, it's kind of challenging. Uh, some of them, some of them didn't want to be friends. You know, they already had their, their groups. Yes, they sure. did. Their cliques. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I, if it wasn't for like the extracurricular activities, band, choir, orchestra, whatever. Yeah. It would have been, I would not have found my groove, my, my niche mm-hmm. in, you know, in high school society. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a thing, whether you're a military kid or not, if you are in a family that moves a lot, mm-hmm. having those kinds of built in social structures are really kind of a lifeline where some people start with the same class in kindergarten and graduate with the same class in senior year. For those of us who moved around a lot, you don't have that opportunity. No. And then when uh, some people say, well, back in my hometown of, I don't have a hometown. Yeah. Your home was in so many different towns. Exactly. That's really interesting because, you know, that's completely different from what you granted your children. That's what I that's what I wish for you. That was my first wish is I, I was going to be bound and determined. You and, and uh, your brothers were going to go through the same school system, whether they liked it or not. Because <laughs> that's not the experience that I got. And I think that's maybe where some of my problems went with some of my um, subjects that I wasn't real good in. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. A lack of that consistency and and expectations. This was during the Cold War, and they were having to figure out what kind of math skills to teach the children so that they can compete, you know, with the... Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And so you would move from one school to the other. Oh, in a completely different curriculum. Correct. So my math skills were, like, all over the place. Tracks. It tracks. (laughs) (laughs) I am also not good at math. (laughs) (laughs) The genetics involved. So I do wonder, you know, since... making friends during that period of time was a little bit more difficult and, you know, wholeheartedly understandable for most of those kids. Did you find that you and your siblings kind of leaned on each other more? Nope. Uh, I wondered, Mm. because knowing the relationship that you guys have now, 
But then, but I mean, you know, that's a lifetime ago. It wasn't until I went away to college my freshman year and making new friends, you know, again, you, you pick up a move and you have a different situation. On your terms. Yes. Hmm. And I met my best long-term friend in freshman is college. Yeah. I know that lady. Yeah, you do. <laughs> She's been, I mean, I've known her since she was 18 and I just celebrated my birthday last yesterday. <laughs> That was very slick. It's like you've been doing podcasting for a long time now. You already get it, man. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. But very thanks. slick. Very yeah. slick. That's really interesting. Like, I, it's mm-hmm. it's so different for me because, you know, being your daughter mm-hmm. and what the mom that I picture in my head, I think especially, you know, when you look and you think of your parents, you forget that they were full-fledged humans before you even came into the picture. You yeah, know what like I mean? That description, yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, they were they had their own lives going on. They have their own experiences. They had their own childhood. You know, it's it's so interesting to me. And and uh, to hear your stories again are just really fun to me. And I've been trying to rein them in because, uh, you know, the stories that she's told me over time like i want to talk about your baby blue mustang that oh, died an that. early death oh you know <laughs> i love that car 68 mustang and, oh. I, and i want to talk about how mom wasn't quite sure the difference between baking soda and baking powder one time <laughs> he almost got her did you see that <laughs> you know like i was 10 years old still you know, know. But yeah, and I think, because um, I remember being a kid myself, and you had kept a lot of, maybe not a lot, but you had kept some pretty special things from your time in Japan. Because mm-hmm. I remember looking through, I think it was like either a newspaper or a magazine that you kept, and that was the first time that I learned that people all over the world don't read the same way. They don't read from left to right. You explained to me how it's actually an up and down, and how it's in columns, and that was really interesting. And then you had, what are the wooden shoes called? Uh-huh. Sandals. I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you had some of those. You also had wooden clogs. Those were from when we were in. Um, we visited uh, Sweden, Dutch, uh, oh. Netherlands. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, so we each got a pair of wooden shoes as that was our souvenir. I remember I tried to wear them once. Oh, How'd it go? They're not comfortable. No, they're not. Hmm. I mean, you sound like a glorious pony wherever you walk, but mm-hmm. that's about the only cool thing about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Jacob, when you, I mean, have you ever come across studies that show, you know, that children who grow up doesn't necessarily have to be in a military family, but a family that moves around a lot, that there are struggles that people carry not just from their childhood, but into their adulthood mm-hmm. with trying to make friends? I haven't come across any studies that address that specifically, but as I've been listening to you, I've just been thinking about how that must have affected, as you've already spoken to, how you build connections with others and and how you really had to go through a learning process of what was safe in terms of relationships and what was not yes. and how to protect yourself like you said from that heartache mm-hmm. and Which other people have had 16 years of trial and knowledge of mm-hmm. doing you know mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's like I would I would imagine that excuse me, I would imagine that children that go through those kinds of of disruptions. Disruptions. Uh whether again military or or I know some business, yeah. Businesses diff- I mean there's all kinds of reasons why families move around a lot. I can just imagine that that really leads to a development of sort of patterns of relationships as as we age and mature. And I think there's a point where you can take hold of that for yourself and decide, you know what, I'm going to have this lifelong friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some people, you do just click. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, another one of my friends, one from my freshman year, he had this gorgeous voice, just absolutely gorgeous. And we got to be friends. And then when he turned 40, he turned 40, and then he had an accident and he passed. (sighs) So, and that was one of my first experiences with somebody my own age one of my own friends passing away mm. that's that's so a, young yes mm-hmm. exactly so is that the friend that you were telling me that you swore you saw him across the street mm-hmm. i did after he passed right yes my mom and i talked about this because i i was telling her about how um after my well you um this person that I knew since I was four and was a family friend mm. and he had passed away. And I remember that like I had a dream and he came and he spoke to me in my dream and mm. he told me that it was fine. And, you know, and then I remember him like not necessarily talking, but bringing up emotions and memories in my dream. And I asked my mom, I'm like, do you believe in stuff like that? And then she told me this story about her friend who passed. Um, a couple of days, I was, like I said, my first friend who had passed away um, really affected me. So I was at my job. Uh, my job had a front window, you could see the street. And across the street, I saw a person. This person was as tall as my friend, wore a jacket, a pea, ja- pea coat, just like my friend, had a green bonnet, just like my friend, had really huge hands. That was Kevin. Um, So so I go, I couldn't say anything. I just watched him walk away, and I was dumbfounded. I'm going, I think I saw what I just saw. Did he walk the same way? Oh, yeah, you know how somebody, you can tell. You know Mm -hmm. somebody's walk. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I think that's... So that's why I believe in angels. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. They're your friends. You're my friend, Mom. Oh, thank you. And you're an angel to me. Oh, and you are to me. That's why I called you and said, can I come out? Heck to the yes. I mean, I didn't have any plans. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to uh, clean the house. And then, of course, you know, I'm, I'm cleaning the house all in a span of 36 hours. And the cats are like, oh, she only does this when she's having a real bad day. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Um, oh, shoot, patoot. I had something in my brain. Balls. Did you find that it was challenging to make those friendships once you first got to college? Like, was it? Did it feel like you were having to kind of catch up to the kids? Yeah, so I felt like it was a skill I didn't have. Mm. But then I, you know, lived on the floor with all girls and mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of watched them interact with each other and they became friends. And it's like, oh, I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes with music majors, that which was my major, and it, we were all freshmen, we were scared to death. You just kind of bond. Yeah. Yeah. And it was wonderful. And I had not had that experience before. <laughs> a, a little bit in high school, when you say you're in band, and 
So everybody identifies you with the band geeks. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, right. I mean, it even happened still at when Jake dinner. and I were. Mm-hmm. At dinner? When she mentioned that she was in band. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And I went, okay. oh my gosh, what do you play? Like, oh, we immediately clicked yeah. on that. I have her old clarinet. I know. That's what I, I learned on in fifth grade. I forgot that that was yours, but you told me that before. My, yeah, because I love it. And my mom, like, she was so talented. She would recork it and repad it herself. And... She mm-hmm. has, for her college, she did a senior recital, and my grandma played it for me once, and it was on this huge reel-to-reel recording, because mm-hmm. my mom is of a certain age, and she went to college <laughs> at a certain year. Anyway! <laughs> and to hear the talent. I'm talking mm. Kenny G on a clarinet. My mom. She did that. I remembered what I forgot, because I, I know that this is something that's kind of new, but you've cottoned on to it, and you find it very helpful. And I think it's something that we kind of, don't worry, I'll bring it. Okay. Um, something that we kind of talk about sometimes. But so mom, like when you said, hey, sis, can I come? And I said that I didn't have any plans besides cleaning. And the one of the reasons why is because uh, you have so many spoons, mom. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really helpful technique. Would you mind sharing it? Sure, I can do that. Um, I I have a chronic pain disease, and so I only have so much energy. And to try and visualize how much energy you have through the day, um, say, take 12 spoons, lay them out. Okay, so that day you took a shower, take away a spoon. Say you have to go get groceries. Well, I was going to take six or seven, so you take those away. So you know you only have three to get you through the rest of the day. So you kind of have to learn. It helps not only the person um, that has the chronic disease, but it also, it helps everybody else to understand. You only have so much to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after that, you know, I'm I'm on empty and I'm working on the next day's spoons. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just not good. <laughs> not good at all for your next day. So that's kind of how... I like to visualize how much I have to give. I mean, as far as energy and strength and stuff. That's such a helpful. That's such a helpful visualization and way of thinking of that. I, I've heard of that before, but I've never had it explained so clearly. Like mm-hmm. I can yeah. really visualize. Oh yeah. Okay. When you've used up your twelve, and then the day keeps going, you're taking three, four from mm-hmm. the next day, and. And yeah. yeah, and it's just like overdrawing your checking account. Right. Eventually, it catches up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's nice though is um, going at that pace. You're almost nonchalantly. I don't want to say forced, but you're you're and you're not tricked. Your ability to find yourself being present in the moment is way easier because you're focusing finding joy in using your spoons. Mm-hmm. Because you know you only have a limited amount of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think, you know, granted, I don't love that you have to measure and find yourself uh, within those kind of Parameters. constraints. Yeah. yeah. But I think the way that it changes the perception of things is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And understanding your own limitations, because even though I'm a (laughs) I've I've said it multiple times, I'm in my mid 30s and I still feel like I'm invincible some days. Hmm. I'm not. No, you're not. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. I feel like that's a really important paradigm shift, like to give people space, whether or not we're using the spoons analogy, but give people space to just have limits that hey, I can't do that right now. Without question, yes. like also, we don't have to explain everything cripes. away. 
Exactly. How freeing is that also? Like, why aren't we all choosing this for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Asking myself that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Limits without questions. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, just self-respect over here doing its thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it really helps to be able to tell someone else how much you can do now before you know, I could shop till I drop, you know, with my But then you friend. would literally drop. Yeah, now I would. Okay. If I could get that far. But yeah, I'm, before I was sick, not a problem. We'd do it all day. Now we, I have to figure out, so I go to this place. How am I feeling? Can I run another errand? How am I feeling? Or is the drive home going to take it out of me? Correct. Yeah. Mm. May I ask, you don't have to answer it, like we can edit it out if you want, but how old were you when the illness reared its head? Um, in 1999. Okay. So I don't remember how old I was, but that was 23 years ago, so. Math, everybody. We both know Melissa <laughs> and her mom are not good at it. <laughs> and I've told you all many times, I skipped my math classes, so. Smart man. We're just going to say 23 years and leave it at that. Yo. And it has come a long way, you know, mm-hmm. to finding out better ways of treating it. But it's still... Oh, there's still so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Well, I'm proud of you and I love you a lot, Mom. Oh, thank you. I, I don't... You it's just... And I really do mean that. Like, every year that goes by, to get to know you on a different level and and to hear... Like, you've really grown into yourself, I feel like. like I'm, I really, truly am proud of you. Mm-hmm. You've been through a lot of tough-ass shit yeah started my life over twice again twice over but you know some of that was my fault i just you know do what i have to do yeah Mm -hmm. and you have yeah and look at you now my beautiful mama well what do you say to a quick break Mm because we've been recording for about a half an hour Mm -hmm. are you okay with that yes oh you're fine mom don't worry about it okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah if that bothers you you can move it out of the way but The expert sound technician. My mother, everybody. Yay! That's one place they didn't allow me to be. In the sound sound booth. Ah. And said, well, what about all those little knobbies? And I said, don't touch. (laughs) Don't even think about it. You can't afford one of those knobby things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, my mama. Hmm? I have a question for you. All right. So you kind of, you talked about earlier, um, like your first lifelong friend that you made. Mm Mm-hmm in college but are there some other friendships that you can remember in your life that you feel really impacted or changed who you were in some form or another yeah like what's could do you tell us about a friendship that really means a lot to your life story um so we spent my seventh grade year here before we got transferred to japan and so i had gone to school with a lot of kids, seventh grade, in middle school, junior high. Would you mind moving that closer to you? Sorry. Just scooch it. Or scooch your butt. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Thank you. (sighs) Okay. I just want to make sure people can hear you. Okay. Anyway. Thank you. um, I had one friend, and she was in band, and we saw each other, and we had a couple classes together. Then we got transferred to Japan, there for three years. So I come back, and lo and behold, there's some kids here I already had made friends with. So I got a second chance. I love that. And one of them, I guess her first name was Regina, or is Regina, and she still lives here. And um, she's a counselor, and she, she understands that I can't always 
be, I don't want to say, it can't be the friend that I'd like to be because it's just, that's the way it is. A mm-hmm. lot of us feel that too, mm-hmm. you know, so it's wonderful to have a friend who... She's very understanding yeah. and she says, well, anytime, you know, we can go to a movie or we'll go out to lunch or something, we'll meet someplace. So she's, anybody else would you know, blow me off. But yeah, she's very understanding and I love her for it. Oh, I love her for that. Yeah. I don't even know this woman. You probably don't. Uh Uh-uh. So what about if human friends were difficult? We actually had an episode where we talked about animal friends. Oh, okay. What about animal friends for you, mom? Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ever since you were a kid, you guys always had had dogs. Yes. Uh, the first one was a wiener dog. Her name was Fritzy. Oh. And I mean, this dog went to Germany, went, came back across the Atlantic, went to Japan with us. Oh my gosh. And that's, she, that's where she passed away, but that was the death of the very first friend. Mm. Yeah. Very well-traveled friend. Yes, she did put on the miles. Um, on those tiny little legs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um then mom swore we weren't going to get another dog, not going to get another dog. Well, my sister got into high school and her friends decided, oh, let's go visit the Humane Society. They got her a dog. <laughs> I would have never had the balls to do that. Oh Just God. bring an animal home. Yeah. So that's how we got Barney. Oh, yeah, Barney. Cross between a basset hound and a beagle. Ooh, cute. Very yeah, he cute. Was. He was. So... Patty had a couple dogs, and she loves animals too. So um, after that, yeah, we I've had a dog. We've had a dog quite quite a while. We had um, Pooter. Yeah, um, his real name was Tux. P.S. By the way, internet. Yes, I understand. <laughs> yes, I understand. Don't yell at us on Twitter. His name was Tux. <laughs> Mom called him that. Yes, that was his nickname. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he passed away and then... Well, but here's the interesting thing about that is we had found him Mm -hmm. out in the country Mm -hmm. and mom and dad went away for the night to talk about if we could keep him and they came back and said yes. So then we had Tux, uh, it was a Cocker Spaniel and he had one white patch. Mm -hmm. He was all black except for one white patch on his chest. So it looked like he was wearing a tuxedo. Tux. Oh, I know. So we had that. And then um, when mom and dad got divorced, Tux went to go live elsewhere. And then did he go live in a farm upstate? No, 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 no. Um, But then after a few years, we were able to have an animal again because we moved into a house. And mom had searched for him. And apparently he had traded hands like two different times. But they were able to track him down. And oh we were gosh. able to get mm-hmm. Tux back. <gasps> yeah. So he spent the rest of his life with us. Yeah. Oh. It was great. Yeah, so a found friend. What a special Indeed. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a what a, you must have worked hard to track him back down. He was amongst my uh little theater friends. Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the connection was still there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I just kind of asked and they said, Well, you know, ask this person. I think I That's so special. My heart is like <laughs> <laughs> And then mom has always had a soft spot for King Charles. Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Yes. Mm. And I know one thing for sure is like mom has friends who are four-legged and they just get you. And I think that's important, especially for people who have chronic illnesses Mm -hmm. to where, you know, and you mentioned it earlier where like sometimes other humans just don't get it. Right. 
But for some reason, your animals do. Mm -hmm. An instinct or something, whatever they have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if they knock powdered sugar out of the cabinet and eat it all. Oh, black dogs doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Love that. A field day. Oh, man. So I think that's important, too, is to know how important, to recognize how important that is mm-hmm. for, for for fulfillment in your life to have that mm-hmm. kind of companionship and mm-hmm. friendship. Mm-hmm. That's why I miss it now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I go over to Patty's house and I have, I have Ruby to keep me entertained. Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's a handful. Because <laughs> Patty has a uh, predilection, predilection of... Miniature schnauz. Is that the right word? Predilection? Like a want of a certain type? Sounds correct. Sure. Uh, for miniature schnauzers. Mm-hmm. They're really cute. They're non-allergenic. Hypoallergenic? I think. Is that the word? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any hyperallergenic dogs. The rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. <laughs> So, <laughs> Mom, I know that you, you've been such a trooper because uh, time quickly went by this evening after she made us meatloafs and um, baked, baked potatoes. potatoes. It was the best. I mean, talk about like a mom home-cooked meal. Mm. You don't, like, it is the epitome. There's nothing better. Because she asked me, she's like, do you want fake steak or meatloaf? I went, uh-huh. The answer is yes. It's the same thing. <laughs> right. Shh, no, fake okay. steak is fake steak, mom. Okay. I love it. Anyway, and we're quite past your bedtime. And you've been so tremendous of a trooper and staying up and spending your spoons with us. Mm-hmm. It means a lot. And um, so I guess just to kind of wind things down, when you think of friendship, whether it's within your life or what you want others to know or some tidbits of knowledge that you've gained. What are some things that you want to share when it comes to friends and friendship? One of the first friends that you have is your mother. Oh. Although you don't know it when you're growing up, you're thinking, oh, jeez, you know. But your mother en- ends up being your friend and and you have to listen to her. No, you don't have to listen to her. But <laughs> I love that she changed her own caveat. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nice to know that you have that first friend. I mean, you'll you'll have that connection at first. You know, the first connection is mother daughter, mother son, and then uh, when they grow up, then it becomes something different. It really does. What else, mom? Oh, um. So my mother, bless her heart, she would always tell us, uh, us shy, introverted people who no, I don't want to do it. Um, you never know until you try. Those those are the words that stuck in my head every time I went to audition or added performance. You never know until you try. Yeah. Yeah. What were the other things you started saying earlier? And you didn't want me to say until we had the correct. <laughs> Wait until I press record, mom. Yeah. Um, when you're looking for friends in the world, I think you mentioned kindness. Oh, yes. Um, to want a friend, you have to be a friend. And it goes along with be kind, be gentle. Um, and if you can love that person or whatever, um, it that's the best way to find a friend. That's hard. But when you find somebody who's kind and somebody who's gentle and somebody who understands you, keep that person because it's that's a friend worth having. Oh, we've already told her, P.S., by the way, dear listeners, that um, we are giving these the uh, moniker of Mom's Wisdom. And I will be printing them on the back of a T-shirt soon. <laughs> yep. 
she may have gently chided me against it. Something I found, a quote from Anne of Green Gables. Kindred spirits are not so scarce as I used to think. It's splendid to find out there are so many of them in the world. Exactly. You might not know what kind of friend you would have in somebody if you don't go up and meet them. I mean, you ask and start talking to them, which to a shy person is really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, even if, you know, the bully, well, maybe not a bully, but, you know, somebody who's a, a stranger or a new person in class, especially new people in class. Mm-hmm. That's or the you new, get to know. The new co-worker. Exactly. Or, you know, your favorite cashier at the gas station you always go to. Mm-hmm. You strike up a conversation, talk about the weather, and you take it from there. One thing that I heard that really seems like such a brilliant idea to try when you want to engage those people is to ask a question that's not necessarily about the weather or how's your day going, but to ask them a question that would just completely kick their rocker out from underneath Mm -hmm. them. Like, when was the last time you pet a monkey? Or (laughs) have you ever tripped over a skateboard before? Something completely out of the blue. Sedaris. David Sedaris. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's right. His master class. Yes. He gave this idea that if you want to really get a true, genuine interaction with somebody, ask them the weirdest question you can come up with. Or I'm not great at being that spontaneous all of the time. So one of my favorite things to ask is, uh, what made you smile the biggest this week? Because you're you're asking that person to think about mm-hmm. what they've gone through in the last week and really remember something that was joyful and good. And I think as humans, our instant response is to smile and be engaged about that. Mm-hmm. So these are a few ideas. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're great, great ideas. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> my mom thinks I'm smart. <laughs> I sent her to class. <laughs> That's all she could do. <laughs> I just said, send her and hope for the best. Let's go. <laughs> oh, can I ask you a question? Uh, another one? Sure. Another one. Um. So when Michael and I mm-hmm. first started school, I know that you had the choice to either have us be in the same classroom or to always have us in separate classes. And we were lucky it was a big enough school we could do that. Right. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had a choice. Tell me why you chose what you chose. Because if you stayed in the same class, um, everybody would say the twins and they would know who you were talking about. But say, I know Melissa when she's in this class or Michael's in this class. So. Because I always thought about that, like, because it was something that I didn't know that you guys did. I just assumed that like, oh, they, they, this is my childlike logic at that time is that they were looking at the alphabetical list and went this teacher, 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 this teacher. So Michael and I, of course, weren't going to be in the same class. That's so sweet. That's what I thought. <laughs> I love child watching. <laughs> Just, and I am telling you, like, I know I've told both of you, like, I was a very naive young individual, probably until my mid-twenties. Just this golden orb of naivete surrounded my being and my understanding of the world. I wasn't an idiot. I was naive. And there is a wholehearted difference. Mm-hmm. I'm logically, scientifically, and not math- mathematically, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. You were in the gifted class. I mean, I had to fight for you to get in there, but... Tell them why. This is such bullshit. Well, both of them took the... Placement test. Placement test, exactly. Um, for the gifted program, and you had to score a certain level or above to get in or to send to go 
to gifted classes. And so Michael's teacher, you know, he did that, so he's going to go. Michael or Melissa had exactly the same score. Exactly the same score. Because we're twins. Yeah. And I, so I went over to her teacher and I go, um, my, my son, Michael, he got that same grade and he went to gifted. How come you're not sending Melissa? Well, aren't girls supposed to get better grades? Was this Mrs. Fleer? Yeah. She hated me, Mom. Oh. She hated me. So I she had to... also ran over Kylie's dog. No. And never apologized. She drove off. You told me that story. She hated me. I had to fight for her. I had to call the gifted teacher and I said, I explained the situation. She goes, I'll take care of it. Good. Also, how absolutely anti-feminist from a female educator. Mm-hmm. Aren't girls supposed to get better grades? Ooh, that gets me amped every time I think about it. I know. Me too. I I usually would along with the teachers, you know. Well, they would know best. You know, they know the kids. They know the system. They know the situation. Mm -hmm. But that was the one. She hated me, Mom. Yeah. I wasn't even a bad kid. No, I didn't think so. Sorry, I'm jazzed now. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Thanks. Let's go to a peaceful place. A greenhouse. With booze. And my mom can come along. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can carry the plants. Okay. Well, I tell you what. I feel like I'm kind of done. Yeah. Is that all right? We could be done. Okay. Mom, thank you again. Absolutely. For being willing to join us. and The first guest speaker. Yeah. That's why I'm going to put momisms on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to give you it because you're our first official guest. It's been such a delight. Thank you so much. Nice to get to meet you, too. You as well. I know. Isn't this sweet? Because Jake and I were talking about it. I don't think you've actually ever met Jake. I I thought I had. Well, because I think that you were on speakerphone when we were out back one day. That's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm wholeheartedly thinking that that is the only time that you guys have spoken to each other. Mm -hmm. And I've heard your voice because I listened to the... Oh, thanks, Mom. But you guys, listeners, it was so sweet because these two just nerded it out about like books for like 35 minutes together. (laughs) We did. (laughs) It was the cutest thing and my heart exploded. (laughs) So, Mom, we're going to wrap up this episode. Um... <laughs> I didn't know what, what to do. What did I tell you about bodily I, function? I didn't know what to do. Just, my mom is here. You just panicked. <laughs> my mom is here and she always yells at me about bodily functions. <laughs> but mom, this is my podcast. <laughs> I will burp if I want. Okay. I can't even tell you how many things just went flying through my brain. <laughs> Your head was whipping around so quickly. I whip my hair back and forth. <laughs> so, dear friends... You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at BFHpod. You can email us at bestfriendhoodpod at gmail.com. Our beautiful, wonderful friend Jennifer Bate created our logo. What does that say? Which one? Platforms? Oh, platforms. I thought it said phantoms. And I thought we don't have a phantom the of the podcast. Phantom of the... It's Baby Kitty. Oh my God, Baby Kitty is the phantom of the podcast. I love that. (laughs) Um, That's very cute. Platforms. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And Melissa. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Rate, review, subscribe. Oh yeah. Not on your sticky note. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Oh, I Well, my handwriting leaves something to be desired sometimes. But 
I didn't panic that time. Uh, Sorry, mom. I love you. I'm a grown ass woman. Um, (laughs) If you guys get the chance to, uh, you know, after you listen, if you get the chance to rate or give our podcast a review or even just clicking that subscribe button so that we show up on your your device every week, that would be tremendous. It helps not only you stay connected with our podcast, but it also helps our podcast reach other people. So that would be tremendous if you can give us a rate, a review, a subscribe, wherever you listen. That would be super kind. Mom, don't you agree? Absolutely. My mom says so. Dear listener, remember that you are loved. And you are worth being loved. Love Love you. Bye. Bye. So Mom, we usually end an episode by saying, dear listener, Mm. Remember, you are love. And then Jacob says, And worthy of being loved. And then we all say, Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Okay. So I think that it would be awesome if you would say, Dear, Dear listener, listener remember. remember. And then the bottom part is that we all say together, the love you, bye. So this is, I only say this? And then you join us for the bottom one. <laughs> Go ahead, whenever you're ready. Oh, okay. Uh, that's how I end it. <laughs>